She's also saying that we're getting into this vicious cycle of washing our hair too often, which means that our scalp is producing more oil. We're getting oilier hair, so we need to wash our hair more often. Particles of city dust are landing on our skin and building up on our face throughout the day. And this is causing things like really increased sensitivity in our skin, dullness, signs of ageing. Oh, God. It's, yeah, so it's another... It's depressing. Yeah, I mean, yes. the list goes on and on and on about the apparently royal-approved beauty products. Mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking, why do we care? Hi, welcome to Get Lippy, the podcast that lifts the lid on all things beauty. I'm Sally Hunwick, beauty director on Murray Claire. I'm Bettina Tyrrell, beauty editor on InStyle Australia. And I'm Carly Orman, editor of beautycrew.com.au. We have such an amazing episode for you guys today. Bettina? I'm going to be talking about anti-pollution skincare and if this is something that you should be using in your regimen. And I have got a bit of a a debate topic, which is why do we care about the Royals' beauty routines? So let's get into it. Carly, Bettina, how often do you guys wash your hair? So I would say that I'm quite lucky that I can push it for five days before I wash my hair. It doesn't always look good at the fifth day, (laughs) but, but I can get there. I am every two days. Like I can push it to three, but I'm not comfortable about it and it's in a bun. So I'm washing my hair every two days. I'm so probably the same as you, Bettina. Two days is okay. On the third day, it's in a ponytail for sure. So then how do we measure up? So like any really hard hitting journalist would do, I DM'd a few (laughs) hair experts. So um, what they said to me was the bottom line is we are washing our hair too much. So Simon Bright, the founder of vegan salon um, Johnny and June in Sydney, he told me that we should be leaving a day or maybe two days between every hair wash. He's also saying that we're getting into this vicious cycle of washing our hair too often, which means that our scalp is producing more oil. We're getting oilier hair, so we need to wash our hair more often. So what you're saying is that we are our own worst enemies when it comes to washing our hair. The more we wash it, the more oilier the scalp gets and the more we have to wash it. That's exactly right. And Frank Apostolopoulos, who is a amazing hairstylist down in Melbourne in Bieber, Gertrude Street, he told me that there's also other problems that can come with washing our hair too much. That includes colour fading. Our, our colour that we spend all this money on can fade a lot more quickly. Literally washing it down the drain. We're literally washing it down the drain. Also, if we strip back the oils and then we go and blow dry our hair or use hot tools on our hair, we we can make our hair prone to damage, prone to breakage and frizziness. Well, I just like to say pat on my back for being a star pupil only washing. I know, you're doing so well. Truthfully, the the reason I do is, is not so much because of the washing, it's because my hair is actually hard to manage. And so it's more time consuming to style it more than twice a week. So that's why I do it. There's So if you have coarse hair, dry hair or really curly hair, you can push it out two, three days. I think it's fine to do once or twice a week. I want to know how then, I'm because I'm a two-day-a-week, uh, sorry, every two days, I want to push mine out further because it's inconvenient. Like, how can retrain I? Retrain Is there any hair. way? So, exactly. You need to retrain your hair. The key thing here is dry shampoo or 
hair dust, hair powders that you can just sprinkle That's into your soak hair, up the oil. rub it into the rub it into the roots. It soaks up the oil. Then you really brush out your hair the next day so that it's looking fresh and no more oil. So what are your favorite dusts that you like to use? There are a lot on the market now and they keep on coming out. Some of my favorites are Frank and Paul dust. Um, there's a Kevin Murphy powder puff and there's the L'Oreal Techniart super dust. They're all really great. As I say, put them onto the roots of your hair, rub it in, and then you've got great volume. So they're Mm. good for that too. I'm personally a big fan of dry shampoos. I'm not a big dust user, but Mm -hmm. I have used many dry shampoos in my time and some that make leaving it an extra day feel like more of a challenge because they weighed it down. Have you used ones before? Um, But one, I spoke about it a few episodes ago and that I'm still going strong with, I've bought a few cans, is that Batiste Hydrate one. I love that one. It is one of the most weightless dry shampoos that I've ever used. Um, I absolutely love it. I 100% agree. You influenced me with that one and I use it all the time. I use dry shampoos like every other day. Like I wash my hair, then the next day I'll boost it back up again with some dry shampoo. And that is my absolute go-to at the moment. Actually, the Batiste ones, I love the dry shampoo and volume. gives me a little bit of extra. Oh, yeah. My sister rates that one too because we've got the same hair. You've got the same hair. It's really fine and and limp. And so she hates washing it. So I gave it to her and her first impression was, eh. And then I said, no, try it again. And then she literally called, she called me on the way back from a social event. She's like, oh my God, so many people just asked me if I've done my hair because it looks so fresh and voluminous. So it's a really good one for those with fine hair who need a bit of a zhuzh. But also there's um, some new dry shampoo foams on the market Mm -hmm. as well. That's becoming a really big thing if you don't like that chalkiness. Also, and there's the micellar. I was about to say, you in my brain. Um, I was about to say, (laughs) I was about to say that um, the Veda Micellar spray? So good. That's very clever. There's an R&Co one as well. Oh, I've forgotten the name of it, but it's a, it goes on wet, then you dry it in. It's really good. It's really good for um, mopping up. Fresh and clean. Extra, excess Yeah, I think oil. that's the thing. Hey, if you want to extend the, the washing of your hair, you have to have a really good dry shampoo in your kit. If you want to invest, Orbe have an amazing one, but it's sexy. So I think on that note, one inspiration to keep keep your hair going an extra couple of days, says Frank, is um, effortless hair can only be achieved when it's been slept in and then brushed out the next day. Actually, effortless hair takes a little bit of time. So he is of the opinion second day hair is actually more cool, more beautiful than first day hair. I only put effort into really styling my hair on second day hair because yeah. first day hair, it's too clean. It's too clean. It all falls out. It all drops out. So I'm a big it's fan. It's slippery. I agree with Frank. Big fan of second day hair. Agree. But we understand some people want to wash their hair every day. I know that we interviewed Alexa Chung. Oh, yeah. She, she said every day. Hair, every day. Every day. She tried. <laughs> she, tried. she has that effortless <laughs> looking hair. So, I know. so, so Anthony Nadar at Raw in Sydney, he told me if you do need to wash your hair every day, if you really want to, that's fine. By all means, do it. But invest in a really gentle shampoo and conditioner, something that's not going to add a lot of volume, not going to add a lot of hydration, just really gentle cleansing shampoo and conditioner. There nice. you go. Okay, Sal and Carly, I'm sure you've heard about this pollution protection. Mm-hmm. It's the latest trend in skincare. But do we need it? Do I'd we? like to think that it is this like mythical um, fear mongering thing that exists. 
but it's not. Yes, you are exactly right, Carly. So what's happening is particles of city dust are uh, landing on our skin and building up on our face throughout the day. And this is causing things like really increased sensitivity in our skin and it's causing the dullness in our skin, inflammation, blemishes, clogged pores, signs of ageing. Oh, God. It's, yeah. So it's another... It's depressing. It is depressing, but we can do something about it. So, I mean, SPF to protect from sun damage is like a no-brainer. We all mm-hmm. know that. So how do you protect your skin from pollution? Well, you need to create a physical shield on your skin. So there is lots of skincare out there now that is developed for urbanites, for people living in the city or even living in the suburbs because pollution is affecting everyone. And they're generally products that are packed with antioxidants because antioxidants interrupt the effects of pollution. So Bettina, how can we work anti-pollution skincare products into our skincare routine? So look to add one product into your skin regimen that will protect you from pollution. So there are lots of products on the market and that gives you so many different options and ways depending on how you like to wear your skincare. So for example, you've got Dr. Barbara Sturm's anti-pollution drops, which are a serum booster, which you can either use as a serum or put a couple of drops into your moisturizer and then apply that to your face. Or you've got something like um, the one I'm using at the moment is Rationale's antioxidant hydrogel, which is just this kind of like a gel serum, which is packed, packed, packed with antioxidants. And I use that. I've replaced my regular serum with that. Um, so you can basically start your routine with a serum or finish your routine with a anti-pollution almost shield. Shield, which could be Dermalogic has a really great um, product on the market now, which is uh, their Prisma Protect. So that that's is, really good. Yeah, that's a sunscreen, SPF 30 sunscreen with anti-pollution protection ingredients for that in it. So that can, and it's also a moisturizer. So that could really be your just one product and it ticks off so many boxes. By Terry does a really good one as well. It's called Urban protection, I think. It's a it's a an end product as well. So are you guys using any anti protection, anti pollution protection? I mean if you had to read the lineup of the products I'm using, like at a glance, it would seem not because they're not overtly saying this will help protect you from all the dust in the air. But I do use a lot of antioxidants because we've always been told fight the signs of aging, use antioxidants. So a lot of my products do have those antioxidants in them. So inadvertently, yes I am. I'm the same. I use a serum in the morning and as I've said a million times before, I use um, SkinCeuticals CE Furolic. So it's really catching all of, the, all of those pollutions that get me during the day. Yeah. So I guess um, before you rush out to buy some of these products, although they are fantastic, maybe look at your own skincare and see what it's got. Make sure it's got these antioxidants. So you're looking for vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin A, mostly only in nighttime skincare. Um for vitamin A, niacinamide, and even some kind of some white teas. I've got antioxidants. Hmm. So, can we talk about though? I have seen a lot of cleansers out there targeted towards anti-pollution. Yes, so that's also that kind of like the last um, thing to think about is also how important it is to properly cleanse and remove the daily debris debris from your skin. Hmm. So, yes, there are definitely. Um, cleansers out there that are specific for um, anti-pollution and removal of pollution from the skin, but also maybe just think about double cleansing. using And spending enough time. They say two minutes at washing your face. 
two, two minutes. minutes. Two minutes is quite a long time. That's a really long time. So if you I do the double, then I guess you're sort of getting that time in. Yeah. So think about double cleansing. The first cleanse washes off uh, that makeup and that kind of top level of, you know, skincare and sunscreen and all the layers you've got going on. And the second wash is what's really going to like get into your pores and cleanse your skin. I mean, I personally do a cleanse, first cleanse with um, a micellar water and then the second cleanse is with a cleanser. So if you don't want to use your cleanser twice because it might be a little bit drying, then that's an option as well because micellar obviously is really gentle. I'm an, an oil cleanser fan, oil cleanser and dry skin and then my usual cleanser. What about you, Sal? Me too. I'm oil and then sort of a cream cleanser normally in I'm I'm all cream and oils. <laughs> so I guess it's important to understand the effects that pollution can have on our skin. And it's good to know there are some like fantastic products out there to like help you fight against pollution. But also at the same time, just kind of re-look re at your skincare and make sure it's got those um, antioxidants in it that we really need. And also remember to really cleanse your skin at the end of the day. And UV protection. UV protection. UV never forget that one. So I don't know if you guys caught this in the, the news the other day, it was circulating around the internet, that the palace was forced to respond to some dermatologists making comments about Kate Middleton's the baby, baby Botox. Botox. If you didn't catch that story, basically what happened, there was um, a dermatologist, he posted on Instagram some side-by-side -side picture of Kate Middleton and he said, our Kate loves a bit of baby Botox. And cheeky. so cheeky because I mean, like he's not going to be her dermatologist. He's not going to talk about it. She's not going to talk about it. Anyway, this obviously sent the tabloids into a frenzy and it just went wild in the internet and everyone talking about Kate and her baby Botox to the point that the palace released a statement to say that these rumors are categorically not true. The royal family never endorse commercial activity. So not only were they shutting down the baby Botox, but the fact that the dermatologist said, our Kate gets baby Botox, it's like, no, she's not going to you. Mm. Anyway, so there was a whole furor over the, the baby Botox, and that got me thinking, wow, the world is just insane over, not, I mean, not necessarily just beauty habits, but the royal's habits and what happens behind closed doors. Another example, um, at Wimbledon a couple of weeks ago, did you guys see? Yes. Yeah, the, the lip gloss, the Clarins yes. lip gloss. Again, I think a lot of the time when we hear of the, the beauty products that the royals are using, it's just like a source says, someone in the palace says, but so to have her like whip out... And we've got photographic evidence There's of evidence it. evidence of it. Like people can, people know the exact shade she's using. And, and I was surprised that she even got it out there. I mean, I'm not sure if that's even royal protocol. And we're talking about Kate here, aren't we? Yeah. So yeah, she was Kate. photographed yeah. with the Clarence. With it yeah. in her hand. Well, so here's yeah. a fun fact for you guys, that there's some beauty brands that actually have a royal warrant. And Clarence is one of them. Queen approved. Yes, yeah, Elizabeth Arden's another, and so is Clarence. They are approved by the Queen. So that means that the royal family are allowed to use them. They still don't go on record to talk about their beauty products. There's heaps of products that have been said. You know, um, Sal, you spoke about it in another episode, the Trilogy Rosehip Oil. Oh, yeah, it sells Kate out in the UK all the time. They can't keep shipments in. Um, and I have no doubt that when this Clarence Lip Balm made its internet appearance in Kate's hand, the sales just soared. It would be sold out. Yeah. So, I mean, other ones, apparently Kate uses Nivea Body Lotion. She's never said it herself, but apparently she does. I have no doubt it contributes to sales. Um, the Queen, Elizabeth Arden, um, I've heard she's a fan of Essie Ballet Slippers Nail Polish. Yes, I heard that. It's so cute. That's the, the Queen approved one. So when Meghan Markle rolls around in her, her black polish, big deal. Um, Meghan Markle's a bit of a different story, right? Because... 
She had a life before. She had a life before. She was a celebrity. Yeah. She was always in interviews, so she could like definitively say. Well, we can the, definitively say what she used to use. What yeah. she used to use, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, there's the Nas orgasm blush. There's the. I'm sure she's not using that anymore. It sounds oh, way no. too risque. <laughs> way too risque for the queen. Um, there's a Giorgio Armani luminous silk. What else? There's the iconic. Have you heard the iconic London? I, yeah, I heard about the iconic. Glow spray. Yeah. The Dior makeup on her wedding day. Yeah, I mean, yes. the list goes on and on and on about the apparently royal approved beauty products. Mm -hmm. It just got me thinking, why do we care? So I want to know, do you guys care? I really like it for that pervy aspect. Like what does a princess use? Like what makeup does she love? What skincare does she use? And I really think that Kate has kind of stepped it up a little bit since Megan's come on the scene. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon her fashion is a little bit. I don't know. She's really she's stepping. She's a bit just stepping into that. I'm I'm the top dog here, and I think that is translating into her makeup and to her skincare. Maybe that's where the whole baby Botox mm. rumor came about. She's just looking p- very refined and very beautiful. I mean, her hair. So is you do want to know? Amazing. Oh, I just oh, want to know. Her hair is, is stunning. Yeah, I mean, Actually, I know. I would care. I would care to hear Kate's blow dry secrets, like the legitimate ones. She has the best hair. Yeah, not the. I think she's done this, a source in the past. I want, I want Kate or her daily hairdresser, I'm sure she has one, to go on record and tell me how she gets that blow dry. I want to know the shampoo and conditioner she uses. Like I want to know like prep. Because you I mean, are so good, shampoo and conditioner. Oh, like, a good blow dry. I mean we can all – like you have to pay money for a good blow dry. Mm. I mean you have to pay money for a good shampoo and conditioner. But I want to know. Could be – could be selling from the supermarket. It could be. Well, she likes Nivea. That's what you said. Do you oh. think that's it? Do you think like especially the budget ones? Yeah, we that love. Makes the, it makes them more relatable. hundred percent. I mean, because I guess there's the idea that these women have access to the very, very, very best high mm. top of the range products. Like top just shelf. Yeah. Rust at them. So Kate's now using a trilogy rosehip oil, which is a very good product, but you can also buy it from your pharmacy. You it know, must work. It must be working for her and it yeah. must be really good. So yeah, I want that. I also love that Megan has brought back the more natural makeup look. We've had for so many years, we've had that Instagrammy, really full matte, full cover matte look. I on mean, the outside foundation. of the palace, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> no, queen's not yeah. rocking the Instagram. Well, she's got a lovely powdered look. <laughs> <laughs> but Megan has that, you know, lets her freckles shine through. And I think that has really sparked off a really natural looking makeup with sheerer, sheerer coverage and, you know, letting. Girls with freckles Hello. show them show their true colours. I wonder if she'll show her true hair texture. I wonder if that's something like she'll that. ever do. I don't think she ever will. I don't think she ever will. How do we know what it really is? Haven't you seen the pictures of her when she was young? It's curly. curly. It's, yeah. yeah. She's got great hair though. She's got, but the take, it would beautiful. take work. You know what, guys? I'm going to post a link in the show notes. Beauty Crew's got like the before the evo- and after. Well, no, the, the evolution. evolution of Megan Markle, oh, like from when she was a one. kid, like curly, curly hair. Oh, and I have to say there was a really fan, like really interesting article that ha- or thing that happened online a year ago where a hairstylist who was travelling with the royals, I can't remember if it was Kate or Megan, but she posted on Instagram like a lineup of all the tools and products oh, that was what? happening. Oh, wow. How did I miss this? Yeah, and it got taken down. There was all yeah. this massive royal backlash. It, I think she's now been possibly <laughs> – Ostracized from the UK. I don't want to say that. (laughs) She's in Australia now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to say that. But, yeah, it was a big, big deal. So I guess maybe that's the thing is – because obviously things like Clarins and Arden have the the warrant, so it's kind of okay if maybe they're seen with those products, but they're not they're not to be seen to endorse the product. No. So that's why it's just like when we get those snippets, it's gold. It's gold. But would you care enough 
to buy the product? Does it make me go and buy? I, I, th- I think it depends. Depends. But, and I think it puts the, the esteem of that brand up a notch, definitely. Mm. Like, and sort of puts it back into the lexicon. You go, oh, Clarence, Clarence is cool. You know, Kate uses Clarence. Okay, it's back into my mindset. Same right. with like Giorgio Armani, Luminous Silk. Like it just it keeps those brands ticking over in our minds. I think it's very powerful. Mm. I guess for me, and this is for celebrities in general, not just a royal. Like I'm, I'm not like a big royal fan. I'll do, I'll follow everything they do. If it was any celebrity that had something that I coveted, like Megan, let's say her glowing skin. If you were told, okay, she always spritzes her face with this prep set and glow mm-hmm. mist at the end of the thing. I'm like, then I'm like, oh, I really like her glowing skin, so I'm going to try that. Yeah, I mean the power of celebrity is massive. The power of royal is probably even, even bigger. bigger. It's even bigger. But it's insane. Because, because they're it, so secretive. Like we really want to know. You know, I, if we don't know, then we want to know. Whereas some all the celebrities tell us, they tell us what they, they've they're doing. using and yeah. the royals don't. <laughs> We're just a bunch of nosy parkers, aren't we? We, we are. Just, we just want to so know. <laughs> we just want to know. Well, I would say that, look, it's not going to make me buy more of that product, but I guess it's just like a fun thing to know and, and it maybe just humanises them. If, maybe if you were buying foundation, it might sway you at that point. Interesting. Well, I'd be curious to know what you guys listening think. Like does does knowing that Meghan Markle uses Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk make you want to go out and buy it? Or is it just like, cool, good to know, I'm going to pop down to Priceline and get my regular foundation? We would love to hear your thoughts, so please head to the Facebook group, Get Lippy Podcast, share your thoughts, um, tell us if you care, tell us what you've bought. I'd love to know if someone's bought a product after a celebrity supposed endorsement. Please tell us. Otherwise, I think we're we're pretty much done here, you guys. I think we've covered a lot. A lot of ground today. A lot of ground. Lot of so ground. please get in touch with us with more of your questions. Follow us on our Facebook group, Get Lippy Podcast, for those of you who didn't catch it the first time I said it. Um, send us an email, getlippy at beautycrew.com.au, and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And if you've missed anything that we've mentioned, we'll leave all of our products in the show notes. Till next time, you guys. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.